0: Hey everybody, this is Ryan Mallory with Swing Trading the Stock Market and I got a good episode for you guys today. We're gonna call this particular person Oslo because he is from Oslo, Norway. And Oslo writes, Hi Ryan, I'm a trader from Norway and your Swing Trading the Stock Market podcast has undoubtedly helped me to become a more profitable trader. Started trading over a year ago, so I'm not very experienced yet, but I progressed a lot after I included proper risk and money management in my trading. And that's great, man, because look, a lot of new traders, they are not doing that when they start off. And a lot of people who have been doing it for years, especially over the last couple of years, have still yet to do that. He says, my edge is trading breakouts when my rules were fulfilled using FIB support levels, EMA support levels, psychological price levels. And I always plan my trades with proper risk management and stop loss and predetermined target points. But what's your opinion and experience on jumping on the trade instantly after the breakout? Or is it better to wait for a retest to the support level or breakout level before getting in? All the best to you, and God bless. Oslo. That's a good question, Oslo. And before I get to his question, what am I drinking? Well, I have some George T. Stagg Jr. Actually, they've changed from what I've heard is they've actually dropped the Jr. and Call it George T. Stagg now. And this is a hard one to get. I was able to get a sample off of somebody, so I'm excited about trying it out. It's about 58.45% alcohol, which makes it 116.9 proof. Yes, this stuff can light you up if you drink too much of it. It's a Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. It's made at the Buffalo Trace Distillery, and it's barrel proof. So this thing has got a lot going for it. I'm really interested in this. Now, when I smell it, it smells like cherries. It's really got a nice, desirable smell to it. Beautiful color to it. And when you drink it, it has, like, instant sweetness that, like, lights up your taste buds with an underlying heat that just, I don't know, that just doesn't take over, but it accompanies the dominant sweet flavor. I mean, this stuff is good. And it goes for, like, $340, $350 a bottle if you can find it. A lot of times people are jacking this stuff up to four or $500. Now, do I want to go out and buy George T. Stagg for that price? No, not really. I think if you go to a restaurant they have it, they're available to you for like $20. It's worth a try. It's worth the experience. But I'm not really crazy about buying it by the bottle for that kind of money. So on a scale of 0 to 10, what do I give it? I give it an 8.5. I was kind of hoping that this stuff would be up in like the nines, but it's not. It's good. It's really good, but I don't really think it separates itself as like that upper echelon kind of bourbon. So 8.5 it is. Now, back to Oslo. He wants to know about breakout plays, but the first thing I would want to say is, let's go back into the earlier part of his email where he says he trades with proper risk management using stop losses and predetermined target points. Now, it's good to use target points to map out the potential reward to a trade. And I always say, hey, look, don't get into a trade where there's a lot of resistance above. You don't want to be doing that because when you get into a trade that has a lot of resistance above, it's not a realistic trade to really make sizable gains on it. If you're getting into a stock at 100 and you have resistance levels at 102, 104, and 106, why would you put a target price at 110? I mean, you've got all these different levels of resistance. It's not worth trying to trade something like that. And it's not a realistic target price either when you've got all these levels of resistance underneath that target price. So the target prices are going to give you a projection of where you think this stock can go with the least amount of resistance and between your entry price and your target. Again, if you have multiple levels of resistance between your entry and your desired target, that's not a good trade. But the one thing I would say as a trader is I don't like the idea of just going ahead and getting out at the target price. I don't mind taking some profits off the table when it hits a target price. But just to say, okay, I'm gonna just go ahead and get out as soon as that target point is reached. A lot of traders do that and I don't always think that's the best idea. Because a stock can really run a lot further than you ever expect it to. Just like in a stock market sell-off, it can sell off a lot further than you would ever expect it to. That's why we use stop losses. For instance, last week I had been trading TWM. I got out of a third of a position when it was up like 6 or 7% and another one when it was up like 8.5%. And then it pulled back today with the market rally because TWM is an inverse 2 to 1 ETF. And so I got out of the last third for like a 1.6% profit. And for the overall trade, I made five and a half percent. But my stop loss was at 1633. The thing went all the way down to like the 1550s. Did I expect it to do that? No, but it did. And that's why I use stop losses. And using that example for targets, a stock can blow past the target. And so why not let it blow past that target if it wants to? Yes, it may be resistance, but... At this point, you've got some good profits. Maybe you've taken some off the table. And now you want to see, can it push through this resistance? Because resistance is meant to be broken. Support is meant to be broken. It doesn't always do it when we expect it to. But when it does do it, and you're long on that trade, let it do it. That's actually an edge in trading because we make sure that when a support level is broken on a long position, and we have our stop loss right below that support level, we're getting out of it, right? because we don't want it to just completely fall apart on us. But to the flip side, if it breaks resistance and we're long on that stock, let's let it go crazy. That's like an edge in and of itself, because you're cutting your losers short and you're letting your winners run. You can even drill it down further and say, you're cutting your losers short when key support's broken, and you're letting your winners run when resistance is broken. But of course, this isn't why Oslo's right at me, but I had to say that because I think it was important. And also what I think is important is swingtradingthestockmarket.com. Make sure you check that out because it does support the podcast. You get all my stock market research each and every day, including my watch lists, the stocks that I'm watching, FANG updates, and market index updates. So check that out. So Oslo wants to know, too, about jumping into a trade instantly after a breakout. Should you do that? In certain cases, yes. And in most cases, I do do it. But I also want to look at the clues that the stock presents to me as to how likely it's going to hold that breakout on an intraday basis. Because if a stock breaks out intraday and you get long on it, and then it pulls back the rest of the day and it closes back below the breakout level, well, it's not really breaking out. It's closing below the breakout level, and it's more like a head fake. So you want to look at this resistance level that you're looking at getting long on once it's broken. And if there's a history of head fakes where it has a difficulty in actually breaking through that resistance level, And sustaining it into the close, then you might want to wait to see, okay, I'm going to watch this stock and see how it does going into the close. Can it hold the breakout throughout the day? Let's say it breaks out within the first 30 minutes of the trading day. Let's see how that holds up throughout the remaining six hours of trading. Does it hold it into the close? And if so, right when you get into the close and you can tell, okay, this is definitely going to hold into the close, maybe then get long. I also say too, that Not only do you want to look at whether or not the stock has a history of breakout head fakes, but you want to see how many tests that it's had. You know, if you've seen the stock hit this resistance level over the past couple of months, 10 or 15 times, man, that's a huge level of resistance that you're using for the breakout. That means more than likely that once it breaks through that resistance, it's going to really take off because it's breaking through such a psychological barrier that has Caused all sorts of problems for longs in the past of being able to break through it. But now, if you only see like one test of that breakout level, maybe pass on that trade because you're not going to be sure how strong that resistance level is or if it's really even a breakout level to begin with. Like if you're only seeing a couple of data points that touch that resistance level, that may not be enough to go off of. You know, there's some stocks too that have a history of bad breakouts. One of them that I hate trading the breakouts on is Boeing, stock symbol BA. I have not had the best history of that stock actually being able to hold a breakout, especially once they started getting into a lot of problems with their stock a couple years back. It's just been a disaster for me to try to trade. In fact, I have it on my do not trade list because I feel like that every time it breaks out, it's extremely unreliable. And I've watched it since I've put it on my do not trade list. And even then, I still don't see where it's a very reliable stock from a technical standpoint. It's one of the few that I just really hate trading. And there's always so much headline risk that I don't want to trade it anyways, because of the headline risk alone. I think you can play the retest of entries. One, if you missed a breakout, like if you didn't see the stock breakout originally and you come across a stock and you think to yourself, man, that's a really good looking chart. I missed a breakout. Then maybe wait for it to pull back to that support level, that breakout level and play the bounce off of it. Another reason to play the retest of the support level slash breakout level, because remember, It's resistance when it hasn't broken out yet. Once it breaks out, then that resistance becomes support. So I'm calling it my support level because it's already broken out. But another reason to do that and to let the stock break out is that the stop loss might not be at a good place. So often you'll see these breakout setups emerge where, okay, you can play the breakout, but where are you putting your stop loss? Are you having to go 15% below the entry price to find the nearest support level? If that's the case, that's not a great reward to risk setup in almost every scenario. So let it break out, and then once it pulls back and starts to bounce back off of that support level, then you can get into it once it starts to bounce and then put that stop loss below the support level of where it originally broke out at. I know I'm getting a little bit into the technicals and everything, and I'm not using charts here. And my whole point of this podcast is just to be able to talk to you guys about stocks without having to use charts because it's a podcast. I'm not throwing up visuals for you guys. So I apologize if I'm getting a little bit too technical, but I'm trying to break it down as much as I can so you can just listen to it and understand what I'm saying. Oslo's only been trading for about a year, so I would also tell him, hey, be careful, because we're in a very volatile market right now, in particular here in early 2022. Someone who's only been trading hasn't experienced a lot of really bad markets or how bad this market can get. And some people will say, well, Ryan, (laughs) have you seen how this market started off this year? Yes, that's not even that much of a sell-off compared to what a market can do. And I'm not saying that markets have these big crashes every year or every couple months or anything like that, but when they do happen, like what we saw in 2008 and 2000, it wipes out traders and they never come back from it. And so what I want you to do is I want you to be a good trader, but I want you to be a good trader for many, 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 many years to come. And to be able to do that, you do have to use consistent risk principles or that once in a decade or even that once every couple of years sell-off could wipe you out. I also like to remind you too that sometimes with stocks like Walmart or Johnson and Johnson, that's stock symbol T, Walmart's WMT, or maybe like Verizon stock symbol VZ or AT&T stock symbol T, they're not real big movers. They don't make these massive monumental gains. So these low beta stocks may not give you a big sharp price increase because when we're doing breakouts, we're wanting to see this momentum all of a sudden hit the stock. Since sends it soaring towards our target price. Maybe it takes it beyond it. Maybe it doesn't. But either way, it's a quick movement that goes beyond what it has seen maybe in the last couple of weeks. Maybe in the last couple of weeks, it was consolidating and it wasn't going anywhere. Once it breaks out, man, it makes this big push higher. A lot of your low beta stocks are not going to give you what you're looking for there. That's why they're basically low beta because they have less volatility than the S&P 500. So stocks like Verizon and Walmart, stocks like AT&T, they're not going to move as much. So you have to temper your expectations if you're going to trade a breakout in a play like that. And remember too, breakout plays are going to work best in trending bullish markets. That's where the most of them are going to appear in. The breakout plays that happen in bear markets are usually more towards the end of a bear market where stocks are consolidating and basing and looking to rip to the upside finally and reverse the previous downtrend. So you want to know what market you're in. You're going to see more bull flag patterns, you're going to see more triangle patterns or continuation triangle patterns in a bull market. You're not going to see as many of those in a bear market because stocks are getting hammered. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, I'd encourage you to leave me a five-star review, man. I tell you what, I really, really appreciate all of you guys and gals leaving five-star reviews because they do help me out immensely to continue to build my audience and be able to get this message out of trading responsibly and using risk management principles. Also, Just like with Oslo and all the other listeners, you guys are the guests on the show. I don't take on guests. I get emails every day about people wanting to be guests. I don't want them. I want you guys. You guys are the star of the show. I'm just answering your questions. So send me your emails, ryan at shareplanner.com. And there's more than likely chance, very good chance that it's going to be on the show because I try to get to everybody's. And make sure you check out swingtradingstockmarket.com because of course you're supporting the podcast when you do so and you get some fantastic market research.